0: The medical school headquarters podcast session number 154 hello and welcome back to the medical school headquarters podcast where we believe that collaboration not competition is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. You know, it's been several months since I was in Fort Worth, Texas. I was there for a podcasting conference called Podcast Movement, and I was nominated for a top podcast in the science and medicine category. And I don't think I've ever shared that on this podcast live. I know I've shared it in emails out to the community. I've shared it in the Facebook group, which if you're not part of, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash group. But I just want to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast and supporting us every day, every week that we come out with a new episode. Because if it wasn't for you guys listening, We wouldn't be doing this and we wouldn't have been nominated for a podcast. So, our podcast award. So, thank you for that. If you want to look at the podcast award information, it was the Podcasters Academy, the Academy of Podcasters Awards uh, presented by Stitcher. Again, that was Podcast Movement. So, that was awesome. If you're struggling with the MCAT, go to freemcatgift.com, download our 30-plus page report on how to maximize your score on the dreaded MCAT. This week's guest is an Academy member who has just started, as we were recording the episode, has just started medical school. And we're going to talk all about her experience going through pre-med, going through medical school and are going through the application process her decisions on where she applied which school she ended up matriculating at she was lucky enough to get acceptances at multiple medical schools one DO school and one MD school so we talk about those decision processes and we talk about some resources that she used including the academy which you if you haven't checked out Go to jointheacademy.net as we're recording this. It's not open, but you can sign up to be notified when we do open up for new members. Again, jointheacademy.net. Sadat, welcome to the Medical School Headquarters podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm surviving, thanks.
0: You are surviving. That is a, a good way to put it.
1: Yeah.
0: So we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. What did you do yesterday?
1: Oh, yesterday. Well, that is a bad exam. So we had our we had an exam on Monday. So our Mondays are our weekends. Our weekends are Mondays and Tuesdays. So yesterday was actually my day off to oh, relax.
0: So it was Monday that I really wanted to know about.
1: <laughs> yeah, Monday was our exam day, and our exam days were are pretty rough. And so it's, it's usually always sunny after we take an exam. So it's a great way to relax. We call it med school Mondays and we just hang out and relax. I went to the movies and saw a movie for the first time in months. So that was <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> so tell people, you're a first year medical student, right?
1: Yes, I am. And where are you? I'm in West Virginia, Marshall University. I know people are familiar with have you ever seen the movie, We Are Marshall? Of course. Yes. Yeah, so with Matthew, everyone still talks about it around here. So I go to Joan C. Edwards School of Medicine at Marshall University. So, and I love it here. Okay.
0: <laughs> and your you're first year, as I said, and you said at the beginning, I asked you how you're doing and you said you're surviving.
1: <laughs> yes. Explain
0: to the pre-med listening what that means. Why aren't you ecstatic or excited or you're just surviving, which I think is the perfect term.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I am like I have like there's a cycle that I think every med student goes through that they have really high moments and then really like moments where they're like, I wanna give up. And luckily I haven't gotten to the point where I wanna give up because um here at Marshall we have to do a lot of volunteer like community service hours and and we work with the community and this is a really like Position, like oriented marshall university town so just like times like that gives me a boost to like continue because like everyone here is so like receptive of us and so it's just we're going through a period right now where we just started we're in eight we have a block period right now and so this is the hardest block of like all of med school like every second year says if you survive this block you can survive anything so it's just it's a lot of information the first week we had class from about 8 a.m to 5 p.m every day so Now it's better, but before it was the first exam, especially was pretty rough. So it's just surviving by surviving. I mean that I'm passing my exams and that's the greatest thing I could ever ask for. So
0: isn't that funny how you go from this mindset of I need to be the best pre-med ever. I need to ace every class to please God, just let me pass.
1: (laughs) Yes, I remember the first uh, one of the first things one of our administrators told us was, Okay, so everyone in this room, there'll be like half of you who will be bottom half of the class. You guys will have to get used to not getting A's, <laughs> like we would always say in undergrad. Cs get degrees, but they don't get MDS. So, <laughs> so it's very true. And our um, one thing about our school that's different is our a passing here. You have to get a seventy five or above to pass, and it's not a normal like grading scale. We still use like we're not pass fail. We still use grades, and so the cutoff for it to get a B in a class is an 83 and it's a 92 for an A. So even if you get like an 80%, you're still at a C. And so it kind of like stings, like when you think like, Oh my God, I got a B, but not really. Cause it's still a C and in, in everyone else's book. So, so I think it has, it pushes us a little harder to work. Like, Oh, you know, you can't just do the bare minimum. Like we were said, if you have to get a 75% to pass, you don't want a doctor who like can treat a patient like three out of the four times, you know? So it's good that they have to like push us harder to work our hardest, you know. So, I think that's why I'm surviving, but I'm still enjoying surviving at the same time. So,
0: let's kind of rewind and go back to your beginning days on this career path. When did you initially know that you wanted to be a doctor?
1: Well, that's a funny story. I actually talked about that today. So, um I found interesting stories. I found a, my preschool yearbook from like a, a few years ago. From back in the 90s, you know, when I went to preschool and there was like, there was things, a bio is about every student. And my bio said my favorite color was green and I loved hot dogs and I wanted to be a doctor. And now I hate hot dogs and I hate the color green, but I still want to be a doctor.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) You'll have to take a picture of that for me and we'll put it in the show notes.
1: (laughs) I'll see if I can find that. (laughs) (laughs) It's been, it's ever since I was five years old, I think. Cause even on the, I'll be like the first act, like, MD in my family my dad is a nurse and my mom's a pharmacist so I guess I've always been exposed to medicine and so that really has always gotten me interested in it
0: okay so you had that early exposure to medicine which is great with that early exposure with kind of it's the knowledge that you wanted to be a physician from such an early age was it a smooth path for you or did you kind of hit any obstacles along the way
1: I think obstacles make you stronger. So I didn't have, uh, I did have some obstacles. Like I didn't take a gap year and I went straight through, but there were a lot of obstacles in my way where I, at one point I thought I wouldn't even like get into medical school. And now I'm lucky to like enough to be here. So most of my obstacles came when I was in undergrad though. So that's, so ever since I was younger, like even when people like, were like, you know, you shouldn't be a doctor. It's, it's too much work. Like do something else. Like, why don't you be a scientist instead? Maybe even a nurse, you know? And so people like, even though my family would always support me, people would be like, you know, maybe you shouldn't be a doctor or like, even though you'd be a great one, it will be like sucky, like it will be so much work. And so I never let that like deter me from my path. And even though I did have some obstacles in undergrad, I overcame them and I'm here now.
0: And what were those obstacles? Can you talk about any Uh, of them?
1: yeah sure I remember um before when we uh, had when I was applying to college we had looked at my AMCAS thing how we saw um, my application and everything and one of those obstacles was organic chemistry and
0: <laughs> that's everybody's <laughs> obstacle
1: yeah and so that was a big obstacle of me that's it tells you how like if you can survive organic chemistry I think you can do anything so I had to withdraw from organic chemistry my first time around because I had bad experiences for organic chemistry one. So organic chemistry two, I wasn't coming in prepared. And I just felt like I don't want to get like a borderline grade. Like I know I can do better. So why, why like work so hard where I might not even pass. So that was an obstacle for me. Um, Another obstacle was my MCAT. What had happened was <laughs> coming in my freshman year, At our school, we have like that, you know how most schools have the health advisory programs. I actually did not discover that till later on into my career. So by the time like I discovered that all the classes I needed to take before my MCAT just wouldn't work in my schedule. And being in in my undergrad was kind of hard to schedule all the classes you needed. So I went in and took my MCAT for the first time. And. I didn't have all my required classes. and so if I can say one thing is do not take your MCAT till you are ready. like that's the biggest thing like and have time to study for it because I took my MCAT about like two weeks after my like after school ended and I even though I studied during the school school year, it just wasn't enough. And so my MCAT score was one of the big obstacles that I had to overcome as well. so but I did overcome that I'm here now. Cause I actually took my MCAT twice. My reading score was where I always wanted to be, but cause I didn't take physics before I took the MCAT and I never took physics in high school as well. Um, my, what is that section called? Physical sciences? Mm -hmm. section. Can't even remember anymore. It's only been a year, but, um, that wasn't where I wanted to be. It was, I think I scored, it's sad because I can't even remember, but I think I scored only like a seven my first time taking it and I scored I think like a 12 in reading. So like the balance of everything was like I I was like it was a skewed score. So I I think I don't know if that hindered it or helped more that I had a really high, like high section and a really low section. I'd rather have like a balanced out MCAT. And so I did end up taking my MCAT the second time and approved then. So that's another obstacle I overcame as well.
0: That's great. What did you learn along the way that you think could help the pre-med out there struggling right now? What helped you overcome those obstacles?
1: The biggest thing I think that helped me overcome an obstacle is my support system. Like a lot of people I came in with, you know, a pre-med path is, it's the hardest thing. And people like realize that. And even though all my friends who I started with may not, may have chosen another career path, that's totally fine. I just like that I had the support of my family and my friends, especially like when, when I first got my MCAT score back the first time, like I was really upset. And even though I hadn't done as well as I wanted to, my family encouraged me to keep on going. And so I think that even if there's like a hurdle along the way, don't stop. Like people, if the pre-meds want to know, one thing is if you want to do this, you can do this. Like I thought that I wouldn't even get into a medical school and I got into more than one. So it's just great. And if you need time off, take it. We have a 54 year old in our class and she's the life of the party. So you have all the time in the world to pursue your dreams as long as you never give up.
0: Uh You might have to give me that person's name to come on the podcast.
1: Oh, I definitely will. She is great. She would love to come on the podcast. She she has started. It's great. Like, it's great that she's like in her fifties and she decided to pursue medicine and we're really proud of her. And she's my Zumba buddy. So <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Yeah.
0: So going from the transition, it sounds like you said you're a traditional student. You went high school to college now to medical school, correct? Yes. What has that transition been like for you having gone from high school to college to medical school Can you compare or give us an example of each of those transitions and and how much more pressure there is maybe or or what you would use to describe those transitions?
1: Well, the transition from high school to college is like warranted because, you know, I'm 17 at the time. You know, teenagers always want to get out of their parents' house and have a great time. And I had family at my university as well. So the transition there... That is one thing. If I can tell pre another thing is like freshman year of college, you will like it's very enticing. Like you want to do everything. You want to be involved. You want to have fun. And so don't have too much fun and just focus. You have to have a balance. So my transition from from high school to undergrad was pretty, you know, I survived. Like I would say again, I survived that. It was nice to have some independence and discover I always loved biology. I always wanted to see, like, I was also a theater minor. So it was great to have a balance of biology and theater and see this is what I I was meant to do. So the transition, and I was only like two hours away from home. So it wasn't bad at all. But then I moved to West Virginia. I am from Maryland. And so I'm on the side of like where Ohio and Kentucky is. So I'm about six and a half hours away from my family. And so, and this is a whole new experience. People say that you need family to get through medical school. And luckily, I have a family here. My friends here are my family. So it makes everything easier. At first, it was really hard to leave my family and friends behind and move to a whole new state. But luckily, just everyone has made me feel so welcome here. And people are asking me how I'm adjusting. And luckily, I see my family regularly and talk to them regularly. So, so going to a school in a different state has been a big, like, culture shock for me, I guess you can say. But I think, and people ask me if I wanted to take a gap year between undergrad and med school. And I honestly don't think, like gap years are great. And I feel like if I had a gap year, you know, I'd be very productive. But my brain is like, once it's on, it has to stay on. If I turn a switch off, then I start to go down, like go down a slope. And so I think the best thing for me is just to go straight through so that So that my brain doesn't shut off because it's very, even a summer vacation was a lot for me. So I always had to stay busy. And and that's why I decided not to take a gap year and just be a traditional student.
0: What did you do in preparation for starting medical school?
1: Preparation? Uh, Well, I prepped by having fun. That is what I did for uh, my summer. I didn't do uh, much medical school related stuff because they said that this is your last, you know, you only have one more summer of freedom. So you have to at least relax. So I relaxed a lot. And, and honestly, preparation happened a little late for me because I was originally going to go to a different med school, as you know about. And so, so at the last minute I had to like, like I changed, I had, I changed my mind and then I had to, um, pack everything up and, and decide to come here. And luckily I found a place on time. And so I prepped and some people always like everyone always recommended don't Study before you go to med school. Like don't try to get ahead of the material because it's gonna it won't help you at all. So I made sure to take their advice and enjoy my last summer.
0: That is good advice. Now let's talk about that decision with picking a medical school because that's something that we had talked about a lot. What you applied to both M D and DO schools. Did did you have any sort of reasoning behind applying to both, or did you just wanna get as many applications out there as you could? <laughs>
1: I discovered DL school, the osteopathic medicine. I discovered osteopathic medicine when I was in undergrad. My HPAP advisor, she let me know about it, like my junior year. And I love the philosophy of it. It's amazing what they do. And she's like, you like just because she said because of my personality, I would be a great DO. And PCOM always visited my school. And they were just so friendly and open and it was a great experience. Like, I, I just loved everything about their school. And so by that time, they were my third, they were my second interview at that time. And so I just, I really like their campus. I think OMT is amazing. I think if I still had the chance, I would still learn it. Just to be able to manipulate like the, you know, your muscles and everything is just like amazing. And I, I know they always, um, like everyone always says that, that you should, that DOs and MDs all have like similarities, but you also learn about OMT, which I think is the main reason why I was so set on going in a PCOM is so I could learn about OMT and how they actually showed us a demonstration. I just thought that was amazing. And I have a family friend who's a doctor and she's a DO and she loves it. And so I honestly applied to DO and MD because I love medicine and I would love to be a DO and I would love to be an MD and it and PCOM just was an amazing school. So I was really happy to be accepted there.
0: Okay. So you you were accepted to that school, a DO school. You were accepted to Marshall, which is an MD school. Go through your thought process of how you determined what school you ended up going to.
1: Okay. So, um, So that was a long thought process. So they gave me a week to decide what school to go to. So I had asked you for advice. I asked my family and my friends and, you know, my friends of friends. And I made a, the best thing that helped me was my pros and cons list. So I took each school and I was like, what did I like about this when I went to this school? And what did I like about this when I went to that school? And even though Philadelphia would have been much closer for me and closer to my family, I chose the school that I think was best for my learning abilities. PCOM is a great school, but it's a bigger school. And the cost of living is so much more that I felt like I wouldn't get the desired, like I wouldn't learn as well. And I'm a smaller classroom type of person. So my class is actually only like, 80 people at Marshall compared to like 300 or something. I believe in PCOM. Wow. So, yeah. So there's just like a different, there's a different atmosphere. Like here, I know my professors, like I love my professors here and I don't know how well at PCOM I would actually get to know. I felt like I would be more of a number at PCOM rather than a person. So that's just one of the main reasons. And it's much cheaper to live in West Virginia, which always helps because I'm taking out, you know, med school loans and everything. So anything that reduces the cost is great by me. What
0: are some mm-hmm. of the best resources that you've used as a pre-med to help you on this journey?
1: Besides the academy? Well,
0: of <laughs> um, course the academy.
1: <laughs> um, my best resources, I know, I hate to say this, but I did go on student doctor. I'm going to
0: edit that out.
1: <laughs> I did, no, I said that was a resource I used. I didn't say it was the best one. <laughs> Not a resource to use. Everyone, even like everyone I met has always said, go on that. And I believe that is the worst resource you can use. I hope they won't get mad at me for saying that, but it's true. <laughs> but it's true. Like, And so I would get more paranoid whenever I would use that resource. And then I would go to the health professions advising um, committee and they would be like, do not listen to that. That is not true at all. And so my best resource comes from... like. You know, people who have been doing it for a while, who have gone through medical school or who has put people through medical school, and they just helped guide me down the right path, especially after taking the MCAT and after I withdrew from my organic chemistry. Just using them as a resource was great. And I also used AMC just to get background information. And when I was applying, I used the... I can't even remember the name anymore. This is sad. See, I just have so much information in my brain since med school started, (laughs) The site that shows you like MSAR, I think yep, that's what it's called.
0: Yeah, and College Information Book.
1: Yes, I used that when I was applying as well. And that was really it helped me decide what I was like looking for in a college. Like it gave an information of what is required from the college, you know, the statistics and everything. So that really helped me decide which schools to apply to. That's the reason why I applied to Marshall because of their interest in rural health, and I'm big on rural health. Primary care is my goal, and so. That was one of the main reasons why I applied to Marshall as well. So those were my best resources. And not soon Doctor Network. That is not my resource.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Sadat, as we wind up here, the person listening right now may be in a situation where they're struggling, they're questioning their choices on their, their journey, their path. What do you say to them to keep them motivated now that you have succeeded and are a medical student?
1: Well, I remember this phrase growing up. They'll always say, We can do it. Yes, we can. And so I think that was from Bob the Builder. I don't know, but it's um it's just like I said before, like if you believe you can do it, then you you can. Like there's different people like in our class from all different rock walks of life. Like I said before, we have, you know, a fifty-four year old, we have a nineteen year old, we have like all ages in between who like people who have been in the military, people who are EMTs, we have like 12 violinists in our class. And so it's just like a lot of people have come from different walks of life and have decided later on that, you know, they're going to work their hardest so they can be where they are. And if a pre-med who's listening right now, they need to know that they can that, but it is okay to change your mind. It is okay to find something else you're passionate about. But if this is really what you want, you like I said before, you go for it. And for me, this is what I always wanted, and it just helped having having like ambition and like saying, this is the only thing I ever wanted, and this is the best thing for me. So as long as you're in medicine for the right reasons, you will succeed.
0: All right, that was Sadat again, first year medical student at Marshall. And uh, I just want to thank her for taking the time out of her busy schedule to come and share her story about being a medical student, about the whole process. So thank you, Sadat, for doing that. If you liked today's show and you want to show some appreciation, here's the best thing that you can do. Go tell a friend. Go up to them and let them know that podcasts are awesome and especially the Medical School Headquarters podcast. Go let them know. Take their phone, open up an app, the podcast app, go to the App Store, download our... We have an app if you didn't know. You can search the regular App Store for the Medical School Headquarters, or just go to their podcasting app and download the podcast for them. Let them know. Go tell your pre-med advisor, anybody. Let them know. If you need some help with the MCAT why don't you think about checking out Next Step Test Prep? They exclusively do one-on-one tutoring for the MCAT. Again, nextsteptestprep.com. Let them know you heard about them here on the podcast, and they'll give you a discount on their tutoring packages. I hope you got a ton of great information out of the podcast today. And as always, I hope you join us next time here at the medical school headquarters. Hey, did you know there's another way to contribute? If you go to medicalschoolhq.net support, that will take you to our Patreon page, which is like an ongoing Kickstarter. You can pledge
1: as little as a dollar a month to help support the show.